0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless podcast. My name is Nick. Coming up on this episode, we're going to be talking about feats of strength, Game of Thrones, and sandwiches.
1: I did that 1,000 three-pound bench and put it back in the rack and it felt awesome, it felt clean, and I was just waiting there and I saw the three white lights come up and it was a feeling unlike I've ever had before. I blend up chicken and that's about 90% of my food intake. In training, I have some apparatuses made where I can set the weight down before it crushes me and wiggle my way out. I remember this distinctively because she threatened me and
2: said if I did not kiss her, she would have her two older brothers kick, you know, beat me up after school that day.
0: Have that's, you ever had any eye jealousy? Have you looked into my eyes and thought I wish I had his eyes?
2: No, I've never looked into your eyes and wished that I've had your eyes. No, that's I, never happened. You sure? Yes yes now your calves maybe
0: who's i want to meet the person if anybody in our audience has ever just looked at a vending machine egg salad sandwich and thought you know what that's what i want to spend my 350 on i want to thank you guys so much for joining us if you get a chance like download subscribe share we really appreciate it it really helps us out two things that i've always been really fascinated by are who's the best at something and what are people really capable of? Who's the toughest person in the world? Who's the fastest? Who's the strongest? Our first guest can claim one of those titles. He's a powerlifter. He's a world record holder. And he is one of, if not the strongest person in the world. This is Blaine Sumner. When did you realize that you were strong?
1: Not as early as most people would think. When I was a freshman in high school, I was about 6 foot, 145 pounds. And about my sophomore year in high school, I really started to fall in love with lifting. Um, so junior and senior year, I really got after it and graduated about 260 pounds from high school. And it was at that point I knew I was strong, but it uh, took a lot of years of dedicated work to, to get world class strong.
0: For What's the difference for somebody who doesn't necessarily know between somebody who's strong at your local gym and somebody like you, somebody world class strong?
1: It's just a whole different world out there. I'd say most of the world-class strong people don't train in commercial gyms, so there's a whole whole other level of strength athletes that tends to train outside of commercial gyms that most people would see.
0: Your biggest lifts, like what are we talking in terms of like squat and deadlift and bench press and that kind of stuff?
1: So my squat is 1,113 pounds, which is a world record.
0: My, You're kidding uh, me. My bench. Like we're a thousand pounds, like a thousand freaking pounds,
1: 1100 on the squat, 1113.
0: That's unbelievable to me. <laughs> I mean, man, like I put up 205 and I feel like I'm having a really good day.
1: It's all just different goals though.
0: What was your deadlift in your bench press?
1: Uh, so my bench press is a thousand and three pounds, which I just did a week ago at the Arnold sports festival. Um, that's That was probably the biggest lift of my life, the most exciting. And then my best deadlift is 817 pounds.
0: Wow, that's incredible, man. I mean, that's just, well, okay. Like for, for people who aren't too familiar with you, your height and weight, like you're, how how big are you?
1: I'm six foot three and 400 pounds.
0: Is that pretty big for a guy that that's lifting that amount of weight or is that average or what's that?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely on the the upper end. I mean, the the strongest of the strong guys in the world are all pushing close to 400 pounds.
0: Were you always pretty big or you have to basically be that big to lift that amount of weight?
1: Yeah, definitely have to be this big to move that kind of weight for sure.
0: Just in terms of why do you have to be that big? Just just because you're carrying so much muscle or because like your joints and bones and stuff won't support it?
1: Yeah, yeah, both. Um, So to move, loads that heavy it's obviously a lot of stress on the joints the so the the more meat you can pack around your joints the bigger you can get your hips your knees your waist all of that is required to support that kind of weight
0: i saw the video of you on instagram setting that record what was that lift like for you
1: it was it was unreal um there's three judges in powerlifting for those that don't know and after you complete a lift Two of the three judges have to say that it was a good lift, and there's a lot of small technical things that they can turn a lift down for. Uh, so I I did that thousand pounds bench and put it back in the rack, and it felt awesome. It felt clean, and I was just waiting there, and I saw the three white lights come up, and it was a feeling unlike I've ever had before.
0: I feel like any time of you're lifting something, like that's all of your effort, to have all of your effort and succeed. What is that like?
1: It, it's the most— rewarding fulfilling thing in the world uh you know i've trained for years and years in powerlifting, and the more i do it the more injuries and setbacks happen and you know have to dial training back a little bit so finally you know two steps forward one step back all the time and to get that kind of success in a meet and put that lift up after a lot of setbacks it's it's the most rewarding thing in the world.
0: And generally in that kind of lifting, like what, what body part gives out first, so to speak?
1: The thing in the bench press that hurts me the most is my elbows. Um, you know, what for a few weeks after a big lift, the you know it's hard to put lock my elbow out all the way and it'll crack and hurt. And then on the squat, kind of the same thing for the
0: hips. Well, I mean, that's that's what I was going to ask you, like after a max out lift like that. How many days like how are you how many days are you sore after that?
1: um at, at this point, I do it so often that the muscle soreness isn't that crazy. It's more of the the tendonitis and the joints that hurt, and it it can last for a a week or two, depending on how heavy
0: I go. Is that that kind of like I'm in an age now where sometimes it almost feels like my knees are bleeding. Is it that kind of feeling yep yeah,
1: that's that's a good way to describe it
0: when you're lifting that amount of weight. Like if you're doing 1,000 pounds, does 800 then feel light?
1: Yep. There's definitely a range where things feel light and warm up and then at the point where they start to feel heavy.
0: To me, that's just insane that you're essentially warming up with like 800 pounds.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does sound funny when I hear it like that.
0: It's <laughs> just very like, cool. But I guess you, for, for, for you in training, what is your kind of tripl- typical training day like?
1: So I... I have to work a full-time job since powerlifting doesn't pay the bills. So I get off work at about four and go straight to the gym. I have a just a little private gym that me and my wife train at. Um, and I usually start off with heavy singles in the squat, bench, or deadlift. So I'll work up to about 90% of my max and do it for a couple singles. And then I'll drop down and do some more volume. So more reps, more sets. Say five sets of five reps is pretty typical. And then I'll do about two or three assistance exercises. So on squats, it might be something like lunges or leg extensions. And on bench, it might be like dumbbell flies and tricep extensions.
0: If you're training mostly for power, because powerlifting is bench, deadlift, and squat, right? That's correct. But you're, are you training auxiliary muscles? Like are you doing bicep curls at all? Or is that stuff to you just a waste of time?
1: I'd say that takes up about 10% of my training time.
0: Because it doesn't – wouldn't help enough or just because it's more of an aesthetic kind of thing?
1: Just because it wouldn't help enough. And any sort of the kind of aesthetic or bodybuilder movements that people generally think of, those are already hit doing the the heavy lifts. So if I do a a really heavy squat and then a bunch of squats afterwards, my quads, my hamstrings, my glutes, my abs, all of that is already getting very
0: taxed with weightlifting with nutrition there always seems to be all these different kind of advice depending on where you look and what you ask for i mean if somebody is looking to just get strong like what should they be doing
1: that's a good question and there's a lot of misinformation out there in the technology age but if someone's just looking to get strong they need to focus on heavy compound movements compound meaning multi-joint so If you're doing a bench press, that's a compound movement because your elbows and your shoulders are moving, Um, whereas like a tricep extension, just your elbows would be moving. So heavy compound movements are the ones that build strength.
0: Is there like a certain rep range? Like I would imagine you're not doing sets of 50 or something.
1: Nope. Uh, So I would say five sets of five reps at about 80% is kind of the golden bread and butter And the more advanced someone gets or the longer they've been doing something like that and need a change, then I would encourage lowering the reps. But when going after strength, uh, five reps on the heavy compound movements is the most I do. And it usually stay between two and five.
0: How often will you max out, like go all the way?
1: So in training, I don't max out anymore just because there's so much risk involved with not necessarily completing the lift, but you know, getting the bar back in the rack or having spotters or getting the exact foot position, right? So I usually just hang about 90% in training and then save the full max out for the meat.
0: What is the smallest guy you've ever asked for a spot? Because if somebody like you asked me for a spot, I would be shitting my pants.
1: (laughs) Um, you know, I have my own gym and just my wife and I train here. So I have kind of built some mechanical devices that, act as spotters, but uh, I generally don't don't really have human spotters.
0: Yeah, that would be a little bit like, hey, man, give me a spot real quick. Where I would be a little bit like, uh, I think you need someone more qualified than me on that one. <laughs> you said you were around 400, right? Yep. So what are you eating like in a day? I mean, that how hard is it to train as much as you do, weigh that much, and basically get enough food to maintain that?
1: It's extremely hard. I mean, it's it's very hard. Uh, fortunately, I've found some really efficient ways. If, if you go around the Instagram profile a little bit more, you would see the chicken shakes, and that's kind of what I'm also known for. But I, I blend up chicken, and that's about 90% of my food intake.
0: You're just straight blending chicken and drinking it? Yep. No, like, Do you put any seasoning in it or anything like that?
1: Uh, no seasoning, but I, I put in some spinach um some beef broth, sometimes some rice, but i yep yeah, I drink about ninety percent of my calories.
0: I would imagine just for time purposes, you would have to do that
1: yep that that's exactly right.
0: Do you need a special blender to blend chicken? Do I know nothing about blending things?
1: <laughs> um I did buy a high end high-end blender the the Walmart ones don't usually cut it just because the uh the higher end ones almost puree eight. it's almost like a, a liquid form they blend it up so well
0: oh now do you do it frozen or do you do it do you thaw it out first
1: yep i thaw it out and i cook it
0: <laughs> for some reason i think of superman when i when i thought of this question but in a sense like is it is it a pain in the butt to be that strong like do you have you can't just go up somebody and give them a big hug or anything can you
1: <laughs> um that's a good question you know i i kind of Knock my shoulders on doorways a lot more often than I think. Got to be careful when you're shaking people's hands, but it uh, break break chairs a lot. But you get used to it.
0: How long ago has it been since you broke a chair?
1: Oh, probably three weeks ago.
0: What do you say right afterwards?
1: <laughs> um, well, it depends if I'm at my house or I'm at the uh, at the office or at a restaurant or something. But this one was at our house. It was just a uh, island stool, so. <laughs> There were some cuss words involved.
0: I would imagine so. I would imagine that makes a pretty good sound. Yeah. Did you have a background in other sports when you were when you were growing up?
1: Yeah. So all through high school, I played football, wrestling, lacrosse, and track. And then I played um, college football at the Colorado School of Mines Division II. Graduated there in 2010, and really took hold in the powerlifting.
0: Wow. What was it about powerlifting? Was it did you enjoy it or were you good at it?
1: Um. Both. Uh, I always enjoyed lifting heavy for football, and then when football got over, I needed something to keep competing in, and powerlifting was a pretty
0: natural transition. As a sport, has that grown? Is that about stable? Has it decreased, or where is that head? where do you think that powerlifting is headed?
1: Uh, since about 2000 and- 2010 or 2012, it's, it's really exploded. It's, it's exploding as a sport right now
0: exploding in the sense of more people are getting into it or it's getting like more people are coming to competitions, the sponsorship dollars are increasing, or how do you mean?
1: Um, More people competing in it. It used to be kind of a niche sport, and since 2012, it's become more and more
0: mainstream. Why do you think that is?
1: I think actually it probably comes from the CrossFit boom. I think uh, CrossFit got so popular and people that had never really lifted before started doing CrossFit, which included squatting, benching, and deadlifting. And some of those people just ended up gravitating more to powerlifting.
0: Do you like that it's getting bigger? I mean, every time we've talked to somebody in an industry that's – or an industry or organization or whatever you want to call it that's growing, they've always had some kind of mixed emotions about it. Do you like the fact that it's getting bigger?
1: (laughs) I'm going to be just like everyone else, I guess. Mixed emotions. There's pros and cons. The cons being the – kind of the culture and mentality of the sport has changed since I first got into it uh, the pros being since there's so much more people involved you know it's easier to make a secondary income or even a living through the sport since there's so many
0: more people involved it, what is that kind of like to essentially was it was the world the record that you said was that an American record or a world record it, it was both have you ever introduced yourself as a the strongest man in the world
1: no I, I kind of lead a double life because I work a full-time job and something that's totally unrelated to lifting and everybody at my job and everyone that I meet through my job knows about my lifting, but I don't, I don't like to talk about it. It's like pulling teeth to get people to, for me to, to open up and talk about it. It,
0: Man, I want to try to, can I, can I have two guesses as to what you do for a living? You bet. Accountant?
1: Nope.
0: Give me a hint.
1: Um, trying to think of a hint that wouldn't give it away i live in i live in gillette wyoming which is um kind of known for for two things
0: do you work at like making razors in any way
1: (laughs) nope is
0: is is Uh, is gillette wyoming is that gillette
1: no it's not the razor gillette
0: for some reason i'm imagining you know this big giant strong guy like doing tax forms (laughs) or something (laughs) um so
1: I'm a petroleum engineer by degree, and I currently work as a completions foreman up in Gillette.
0: What is it? I know for some reason I know a lot of people who are in the bodybuilding fitness ind- industry who are engineers. Uh,
1: there's there's a lot. I think that there's a very high correlation between engineers and working out.
0: What? Why do you think that is?
1: I, I think it's because the uh, training and working out can – can be very analytical and programmatic. Um, that's definitely one of the things I like about it. You know, you write a program for yourself with sets and reps and percentages and you do it and you look at the results and you kind of tinker and what worked what didn't, and you change it, and repeat it. So it's kind of like it's kind of like engineering.
0: In terms of like when you do a workout, or do you how far in advance do you plan it or do you just go in there and wing it?
1: I uh, I plan everything far out in advance so Whenever I start getting ready for my next competition, usually about 12 or 16 weeks out, I kind of write out my whole program.
0: Oh, because you're trying to like peak strength, right? Yeah. I don't really know what that means. I've just heard it before. For somebody who doesn't, well, for me, basically, what does that really mean? You're just trying to time it? Yes.
1: So um, kind of on a micro level, when you work out and go to the gym, you break your muscles down. And when you eat and sleep and recover, that's actually when your muscles build up. So more on a macro scale, as you get close to a competition, you you train your butt off and you're pushing your limits on strength and work capacity and how much you can do and really, really start to push the envelope. And then a few weeks out from your meet, you taper, so you start taking things easier. And then when it comes time for the meet, you've recovered from the heavy stresses, the heavy loads and um, so competition day hopefully you're stronger than ever
0: when if you're only doing like 90 percent in your training are you essentially just taking a guess at what you think you can do or are you going against other competitors or how do you kind of make a decision of what weight to put on the bar
1: a so, uh, rule of thumb is 90 percent is usually something you could do for three reps on a good day that kind of gives you a baseline but i've been doing it so long that i i know how things feel um I kind of know how I'm feeling that day. It's not like my maxes increase a ton every couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's a very, very slow and steady process. So it's, um, it's easy to stay within that, the proper range.
0: If you, let's say you could do a thousand and three of something like you, that was your max. I mean, could you just absolutely not do a thousand and four is, are you that dialed in or are you just, it, you take a guess and you put a number up and that's what you go with?
1: That's pretty much how it goes, um, you know. On, on competition day, it's when you're handling weights that heavy. If everything goes right, it can move easily. And my thousand three pound bench, it did move pretty easy. But if if one thing kind of went wrong, you know, I may I may have missed it. It's such a fine line between successfully doing the lift and missing it.
0: If you don't do that lift, I mean, are you lifting so much weight that like if it comes back down? stuff's tearing on your body or or is it because i mean for me like if i work out if i don't do it it's not that big of a deal i mean i just it's i'm okay like i can just let it lay on my chest and wiggle my way out but you can't really do that
1: (laughs) no um so hopefully the spotters are good and if you miss it they'll catch it and then in training i have some apparatuses made where i can set the weight down before it crushes me and wiggle my way out
0: is there any worry in your mind necessarily? Have you seen that Ron, Ronnie Coleman documentary, the recent one?
1: You know, I've seen the trailer and the teaser for it, but I've purposefully chosen not to watch it.
0: You're worried about could that happen to you?
1: Yeah, and that's why I've chosen to not watch it because just the teasers and stuff make it kind of look like a sad, broken old man from all of his, his training. But, um, you know, to, to me, the risk is worth the reward.
0: There's a lot of. Do you wear the shirt or the, the suit or do you guys do anything like that or is that not that type of powerlifting?
1: Yeah, so there's, there's multiple uh, divisions of powerlifting and the one that I primarily compete in is called single ply. So one layer of polyester shirt and suit.
0: And the, the suit is doing what? It's essentially like compressing your body.
1: You know, it's cut like a wrestling singlet, but it's a more rigid material. So it would almost be like uh, if you had a tight pair of jeans on and you try going down, it kind of resists you.
0: Is this a natural lifting, or are you doing anything else?
1: So uh, so no, I'm a lifetime drug-free athlete. There's a couple different federations in powerlifting, but far and away the biggest one is called the IPF, International Powerlifting Federation, and the American affiliate of it is called the USAPL, USA Powerlifting. Um, And by... By uh, reputation, by mainstream media, by um, athlete headcount, by far and away the biggest organizations in the world. And so that's that's where I compete, and it's drug tested.
0: It is. So that the, they, how does that work? Well, they do it before the contest, after the contest, or what do they do?
1: In meat, the drug tests happen out of competition, and there's also depending on if you're on a world team or a world caliber athlete you're on some other lists so i'm i am on those lists and i'll get randomly drug tested out of competition where they'll it's i'm actually on the wada adams list which is what uh, like olympians are on where i have to put my whereabouts in where i'm going to be every day what time and i'll get randomly drug tested at the house or wherever
0: oh i'm familiar with that one that one's like the we're really not messing around drug testing one yeah. Yeah. For, but as a professional athlete, I mean, for me as somebody, whenever like that subject has kind of come up, I have never, to me, looking at it from the outside, is like, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, I would do it. I don't have anything against anybody who would if that's what you were doing. How come you made the decision not to?
1: Um, it's just something I was never exposed to all through high school, all through college, and then even my adult life. Um, but, but there is, there is a lot of powerlifting. In the U.S. and globally, where they don't drug test, and in the powerlifting world, is kind of the thing where, if you if you lift in the non-drug tested organizations, for the most part, people kind of assume that you do take steroids.
0: Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Like if the just the fact that they're not doing it, I would assume that everybody is kind of doing it. Yeah. How often does someone ask you to help them move?
1: <laughs> uh, far too often. I'd say once a month.
0: Is that annoying? I mean, are they asking you because you guys are buddies or just because, like, I bet that guy can carry this couch all by himself?
1: Mostly buddies, but I don't do it because that, uh, It is funny. I can sit there and lift 1,100 pounds, but moving odd stuff is a good way to get hurt. And it's not something I'm willing to do.
0: When is the last time you were not able to carry in all the groceries at once?
1: When I was six years old.
0: Oh, dang, man. I had that the other day. <laughs> You've always been better than me. <laughs> what do you got pretty much, like, what do you got coming up? What's next? Uh,
1: so my next competition is the USAPL Nationals, which is in Chicago in about eight weeks in May.
0: Is that enough time for you to really recover after the Arnold Classic?
1: It's, it's definitely not ideal, but the, the point of the Nationals is that you have to win. To secure your spot on the world team and there's there's no one really close to me so i'm i don't need to be at my best for nationals
0: what's what's going on in iceland that they seem to every single strong person i see always seems to be from iceland
1: yeah it's just a, a culture thing It's kind of where the sport of strongman originated and they've just had legendary athlete after athlete i think it's just a cultural thing
0: could, could you transition into strongman? Is that something that – or is it that, that's a different kind of strength?
1: Yeah, I, I could transition into it, but I, I wouldn't be top of the world in it. You know, probably, probably not ever. I bet you within a year or two, I would be highly competitive on the national stage. But it's a – it is a slightly different
0: sport. In terms of like why wouldn't you be as good as that? Is it, how, how come essentially?
1: Um, so – Even though they do look similar and it's lifting heavy stuff, to be at the very, very top of the world in a sport like that requires so much specialization. So even though I could squat and bench more than the top strongmen in the world, there's so many other events that they've been doing for years and years that um, they're so specialized at.
0: What is the overall best lift?
1: I would say the squat.
0: It's so hard though.
1: It, that's why it's the best.
0: What is the worst lift in the gym?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I'll say crunches.
0: Yeah. They don't really do very much, do they? No. In in terms of like training, is there new stuff that you guys are going over? Like, oh, okay. They just came out with this study and this says we should do this way. Or is it really just the basics?
1: It's really just the basics. There's been some smart people in the strength training world that have said there's no new information in the last 10 years or so. It's kind of, things repeat themselves in cycles. Stuff that was popular 20 years ago kind of works its way back in, but there's nothing new and groundbreaking.
0: I want to thank Blaine Sumner so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we've linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's really cool to look at his Instagram and actually see these lifts happen. You can see what it takes to get ready and then to actually lift half a ton. Not only, though, can you see those different lifts, but you can see all of the different training that he does to work up to that. And you can get some pretty good blended chicken shake recipes. Something that I feel like we, we now have to at least try to see what that's like. Okay, now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. And usually on this show, we do random animal facts. Random animal facts like, did you know that you can tell what kind of a mood a bison is in by the way that they swing their tail? Instead of that, though... We're gonna bring in some different facts that I'm gonna make up that are specifically designed to do nothing but basically irritate John Shaw. Nicholas Targaryen. Hey. Wait a minute. Why would you consider me to be a Targaryen? And also why did I say hey like that? That was a little that was a little much.
2: I think you're really excited to talk to me, which I get, and uh, I, I just feel like you'd be a Targaryen. Let's just put it that way.
0: What you what do you feel like you would be? I mean, besides obviously Samuel Tarley.
2: <laughs> well, at least I'm not his brother, Dickon Tarley. I guess.
0: <laughs> For Dickon. <laughs>
2: That's a terrible way to go, by the way. God. To the show. Spoil- and his dad get it real bad.
0: Spoiler alert. They get burned by fire. Have you ever, like, how would you feel if your name was, like, Dickon or anything associated with Dick? I mean, I don't even think I'd want to be called Richard. Yeah, I don't think you can get away with it unless you're over 50 at this point.
2: My uh, father-in-law's name is Richard, and literally one of the first things he ever said to me was, don't ever call me Dick.
0: I had an Uncle Dick who was a dick looking back on it in hindsight. Do you think that that's the worst, do you think that's the worst name you can be named for being made fun of? Worst common name? I mean, that's pretty
2: bad. I'm a common name probably. I can't think of one off the top of my head that's worse.
0: No, I really can't either.
2: It's like, hey, dick.
0: Hey, dick. Man, what a dick that guy was. It's basically, there's nothing that you can do. You've got to have pretty thick skin.
2: I mean, I feel like if your parents are going to name you something like that, then automatically they set you up for some kind of failure at some point in your life.
0: At this point, it has to be a family name, right? Like you're not going to have no other dicks in the family and just say, you know what, let's go ahead and add a dick to the family. You don't want to just add a dick. You definitely don't want
2: to add any kind of dick to the family that's not expecting it.
0: No, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> did you know Paul Rudd and Jason Bateman are actually the same person?
2: Is that the best you have? I don't think they're the same person.
0: They're exactly the same person.
2: Okay, explain, because I, I don't agree with that. What a, One percent one, of anything.
0: Okay, here's how I would say that that's a factual statement. Think of a movie that has either Paul Rudd or Jason Bateman in it. Then are you absolutely sure that that's Paul Rudd and not Jason Bateman? I mean, do you
2: do you think Jason Bateman could have done Ant-Man?
0: Yeah. They're the same person.
2: <laughs> I I don't I don't think so.
0: I, I would, would say, say
2: Jason Biggs is like Jason Bateman.
0: No. Jason Biggs, the guy from American Pie is not like Jason Bateman at all. So, I
2: mean, I would say that's more close than Paul Rudd. You're underestimating Paul Rudd's acting
0: career. You're underestimating the likeliness or the similarities between Jason Bateman and Paul Rudd. To me, they're the same person. I'm thinking of Arrested Development. I don't know which one is in it, but it, to me, it doesn't even matter. I'm pretty sure Jason Bateman's in that one. It's actually Paul Rudd. This is what I mean.
2: Paul Rudd's in Arrested Development?
0: No, but this is my point. Like, you didn't even know the difference. You didn't know the difference.
2: So, I mean, what what do either of these two actors have to do with anything?
0: No, we'll find out later. I mean, I don't think we have to rush it. (laughs) What I do want to know is, what I do want to know is, why do you continually lie to and not respect our audience?
2: If you're talking about the mustache challenge. Is that what you're referring
0: to? That is what I am referring to. The fact that you promised to spend three weeks growing a mustache and you have not done it. The fact that you promised that you would put out a YouTube video of you doing yo-yo tricks and actually put in some effort into it in a timely manner and you did not do that. And the fact that you said that you would show us pics of your feet, which you claim are beautiful feet, and you have not done that. I just want to know, and I think the listeners want to know, why you don't show any respect for them.
2: Uh, The yo-yo video was put out on time. So that's it, an incorrect statement. It was
0: put out on time about a month after you were supposed to do it and then said you set an arbitrary deadline and then barely met that.
2: Uh, well, I set the deadline and I made it. So technically, that's an inaccurate statement on your on your behalf. Uh, the mustache challenge, you have no idea if I've shaved or not since I said that, nor have you asked me.
0: I have actually asked you about it and you sent me a picture of uh, Shawn Michaels. Well...
2: Yeah, telling you to suck it, right?
0: Yeah, which implies to me that you have not done it, nor will you do it.
2: Well, fair enough. To me, that's me telling you to suck it, which is not a yes or a no. So,
0: when that first came out, did you get what they were doing? Because I didn't really understand it at the time.
2: I mean, I probably didn't really get it until they literally said like "suck it," and then I was like, "Oh, I get it."
0: Did you really get it though? Because I didn't think I don't think I was in an age where I like "suck what?" What are you talking about?
2: Like adding more dicks to the family, I guess.
0: But did you really know what they were doing? Were you at an age where you're like, oh, they're talking about sucking that?
2: <laughs> I was probably just coming into that. So I, I would say probably not at first, but, you know, the more I watched it, the more I'm sure I caught on.
0: While we're on this topic, do you want to tell us your most awkward sexual experience?
2: No, not not at all. And I don't think you should either.
0: No, <laughs> probably I can tell you. Okay, tell what was your first kiss?
2: I do remember that actually. How 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 crazy is that? I remember that because I was in the fourth grade.
0: That doesn't count. I mean, your first real kiss, not your uh, mom.
2: Uh, well, I I don't remember. I guess my first real kiss then.
0: Okay, what was your first fourth grade Chris kiss like?
2: <laughs> my my fourth kiss grade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so her name was Nicola Tisha.
0: And she came up to me. Wait a minute, real quick, is that one name, Nicole Letitia, or is that the first and last?
2: That was the first and last. Name. Okay, all right. Mind you, I haven't talked to this girl in twenty years, so I hope, hope to God she's not a uh, a listener. I remember this distinctively because she threatened me and said if I did not kiss her, she would have her two older brothers kick you know, beat me up after school that day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my, that was my first uh, you know my first kiss was under under uh, you know duress and under the blanket of threats I guess.
0: did you have did you remember if your eyes were closed?
2: <laughs> no I, 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 I just remember I did it and then I don't know we, we you know you're so young relationships don't really count at that age. I mean, I, I think more importantly, the listeners want to know what was your first kiss.
0: My first kiss was quite the awkward experience. Explain. Please. Listen, young young me was an awkward man um, who <laughs> went to a Catholic school, did not know much of, did not know much of women folk. My first kiss, I believe, I was either in eighth grade or freshman in high school. First real kiss. And I remember she put her tongue in my mouth and I didn't know what was going on. So I used I used my tongue to push her tongue back out of my mouth and she started laughing and walked away.
2: <laughs> so why uh, what what has brought up the first kiss question?
0: No, I just wondered. Um uh, my real question for you is do you think that you have ever tried it something like as absolutely as hard as you could, every single ounce of effort you put into that thing, can you say you've ever really tried as hard as you could?
2: I would say there's probably been a handful of times, yes.
0: Okay, name some examples. Uh Sporting events. But even then, like did you really, that was every single thing I could possibly put into this.
2: I understand what you're saying, however... I think, I think you can say two things about that. One is, I mean, do we even know what we're fully capable of as as humans? I mean, what is 100% somebody?
0: Well, that's right? a question that I guess you try to find out, isn't it?
2: I can tell you in, in all those instances, instances that I thought I put forth the most effort, mostly good things came of, of it. So, you know, I mean… I, 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 that's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think we, we, we know, you know, I don't think you know if you've actually give all your effort towards something, even if you intend to.
0: Outside of a sporting event, do you think you've ever done it? Like, I wanted this thing so bad and I tried as hard as I could.
2: Well, I mean, I think, you know, being married, being a father, you, you try your hardest, but, you know, do you try a hundred percent all the time? Who knows?
0: I wouldn't say that me personally. I don't think I've ever pushed above 90. At anything ever in your entire life? I don't think that I could honestly look back on anything that I've ever done and say I tried as absolutely hard as I possibly could at that. I don't think that I could say that.
2: Huh. And why do you think that is?
0: I would say probably because the difference between the 90% and the 100% in the situations wouldn't really have mattered. So I just, I gave it the college try and was like, all right. See, my grandpa used to give this advice of try, try again, try one more time, and then quit. There's no reason to be a damn fool about it. And see, I was
2: raised under the blanket of persistency. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily the most talented person by any means at anything, but I work pretty hard, which would require giving effort. So maybe you're just naturally gifted, and that's why you were like, you know, you're like LeBron. You only have to give. 30% Thirty percent every night.
0: Well, I just don't think for me that that much. I've never been in a situation where putting in that extra ten percent of effort would have really made a difference. I don't think. Like I'm not dunking a basketball whether I jump at ninety percent or a hundred percent. So what? Well,
2: I mean, that's because
0: you're five foot four. You know what I've noticed recently is that it's starting to go up again. If you're new to this, I have. As measured by USA Life Insurance, shout out to USAA Life Insurance, been measured at five eight and three quarters. John has consistently tried to push it down until it got to about four nine, and now it's kind of heading back up again.
2: Well, you know, speaking of that, can can we can I give you a quick shout out for your uh, your fifty fourth you know belated
0: birthday? <laughs> I'm getting older. I'm getting up there. I've I've hit an age where I'm now only going to turn. I'm only going to age every like three years. Like I'm going to go 30, 33, 37, 40. So I'm currently still 30, 33. I'll be 37 in, in a number of years and then I'll just jump straight to 40. Like it's too much work. I honestly didn't even know it was my birthday until you get all those Facebook notifications. You know, after
2: you were alerted, which I don't believe that you
0: didn't know it was your birthday, but. I forgot on that particular day. Like I knew it was coming up obviously, but I forgot that, oh wait, it is my birthday today.
2: I mean, you do have a new child. I mean, I, I guess I can get it. But, like, did, also, you, did you celebrate with a Tom Collins?
0: No, I didn't. I'm a grown man.
2: <laughs> Dumb, a Manhattan then? You know, did you celebrate with some kind of old drink?
0: No, I have two drinks that I drink. I do Corona with tequila in it, which is delicious. And I do whiskey, specifically well whiskey on the rocks.
2: Uh, I have been there with you for many of those.
0: When's the last birthday, though, that you really, like, do you still look forward to it? When, when did you give up on birthdays? Like, I don't really care anymore.
2: Oh, God, no. They're all disappointing now. I mean, last year, all I wanted to do was one thing on my birthday, and I ended up having to cook dinner for my family, and then I didn't even get to do the one thing I wanted to do.
0: Pleasure yourself?
2: Uh, no, uh, drink beer and watch baseball.
0: Well, I guess that's kind of the same thing basically when you get right down to it for you. No, yeah, I, well, you know. To me, this is like the sneeze thing where now at, at, once you pass a certain age, let's say 30, I think it's more courteous not to acknowledge that it's your birthday and just to leave the person alone.
2: <laughs> when, when when does it become an uncomfortable thing to where someone celebrates you a know, birthday? Like say you're, I don't know, you have a coworker or something and they're they're like hitting 46. And they're just all excited and they and they tell you about it for days and you know, then it's their birthday and they act like they're seventeen again. Like what is the age where you should not celebrate a birthday publicly anymore?
0: Twenty five, right after you get cheaper car insurance.
2: <laughs> I, I I could agree with that.
0: I mean like right I'm twenty married. I'm twenty seven I'm twenty seven, it's my birthday! No one cares. Yeah, twenty one, twenty five, and then sixty five when you get Medicare. That's it.
2: Or or as my father would say, the age where you uh you know, you don't need toilet paper anymore because everything just crests
0: up anyways. You know what I have learned, and I don't know if people will be interested necessarily in this, but I have found out as a parent. That your parents are generally a lot less interested and know a lot less about you than you would think that they actually do. My parents were in town for my birthday, not to see me, but to see my new son. And I asked them, hey, how old do you think I am? And my dad looked me straight in the face. He's like, well, I know you were born anywhere between 1979 and 1987, but I can't remember when.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Did you know that Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton are the same person? Uh, think of not the fir- even close. Think of the first movie that you can think of that has Bill Pullman in it and then tell me as a percentage how sure are you that's not Bill Paxton? The, f-
2: the first movie that comes to my mind is always Independence Day. See, I, have I know no... it's not Bill Paxton.
0: Is that Bill Pullman?
2: Bill Pullman is an Independence Day.
0: Okay, what well, name me a Bill Paxton movie then? Um uh, Weird Science. Never seen it. Name me one I've seen. Twister. No, oh, that is Bill Paxton, isn't it? See, but to me, it's the same person.
2: First off, shout out to Bill Paxton, who's dead. R.I.P.
0: He is? But uh, thought that was Bill Pullman. Is Bill Pullman dead too? See, you don't even know. It's like Patrick Swayze, Kurt Russell. You don't even know which one of them is alive still.
2: No, first first off, don't, don't you fucking go over there. I know about Kurt Russell, okay?
0: Also, quick question. Um, I'm on a... Mission to lose weight. I'm trying to race my wife to lose ten pounds. Um, do you think I have a nice body?
2: <laughs> I, I I I think you're. I don't really want to d- discuss your build.
0: Just just how would you describe it?
2: Thin build, short person, with blonde hair and blue eyes.
0: What kind? I'm not thin though. If I'm trying to lose weight, like give me some more credit. I just
2: you're thin. What do you weigh? 160 pounds.
0: Actually, I'm like 187 now.
2: Okay, well. By today's standards, that's that's thin to medium build,
0: and if, that's like more thin than medium. If you could have one of my physical features, which one would you take?
2: Oh, your eyes for sure.
0: What do you tell me about my eyes? What do you like about them?
2: Uh, first off, they're not just your eyes, but I like blue eyes. So
0: specifically on a man, or specifically on just in general? I don't want to have this conversation. I don't know where you're going with this. I this just like the dick conversation. I just want to know. I mean, I don't see why you're uncomfortable about it. Do you like blue eyes in general, or do you like blue eyes on a man? I
2: like blue eyes in general.
0: I think it's a refined quality. Have you ever had any eye jealousy? Have you looked into my eyes and thought, I wish I had his eyes?
2: No, I've never looked into your eyes and wished that I've had your eyes. No, that's never
0: happened. You sure?
2: Yes, yes. Now your calves maybe.
0: John's Fast Five. Pew 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 pew. John's Fast Five. Pew 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 pew.
1: John's Fast Five. <adjusting> John's fast five. My time! My
0: time! In a second. Wait. Shh. This isn't going to work while he's out. You know that, right? <clears throat> Do you have a Fast Five? Are we still doing that? Do you have a one big yeah. thing that you want to talk about? What, what, what's going on here?
2: This episode was a little jumbled because I thought we were doing like a Game of Thrones episode because I thought we were going to push the
0: content. We are. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I don't know why you're always confused about what's going on. Because you don't don't communicate. There's nothing to communicate. We do the same thing every time. We have the same basic principle. You have a fast five and then we do a top five. And then I I tell you what the top five or say, what do you want the top five to be? There's nothing else to tell you. But last week we did well we were supposed to do two top fives. And we did it. And, and I told you no, we were gonna do that.
2: No, you did it. you did this this BS where you didn't even come up with anything.
0: Yeah, but that was after we had the conversation. You shouldn't have been confused as to what the plan is. I mean the plan is always the same. <laughs> no, I do I do not have a fast five.
2: In retaliation for you not Doing my top five last week.
0: Do you have one big thing that you want to discuss? Anything bothering? What's on the mind of John Schull?
2: I, I thought we could talk about you know uh, GOT because I want I want to know and the people want to know which character you think you're most like. oh <sighs> Be- Because I'm gonna say you're most like Littlefinger.
0: Oh, I could see that a little bit. I would say okay. I could see you a little bit like Tyrion, Tyrion. I I was going to say Tyrion. Before I ask you which character you think that you're most like, let's go ahead and talk about our Game of Thrones contest. Okay, so let me preface this by saying some of this is going to be based on exactly how many people enter the contest because the way that we have it set up currently, we really don't know how many people are going to sign up. And we might have to change the way it's going to work a little bit depending on how many people sign up. But I can assure you, I'd like to think that both John and I are intelligent enough and honest enough that we're going to make the contest fair. But basically how it's going to work is we've got 10 characters, maybe 11 characters right up right now that you have to pick what is going to happen to them. And we're going to assign each person's answer a number of points based on how right they are. Like if you just say Cersei's going to die and she dies, you get one point. But if you say Circe is going to be killed by this person at this time, then we will assign you more points based on how correct that you are. The winner, depending on how many people enter, is going to get between $100 and $500. I don't think that we're going to have any kind of a second place prize because only one person can sit, sit on the throne. And you're going to have to subscribe to the podcast And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, for extra bonus points. So we're still figuring a lot of this out, but basically that's how the contest is going to work. For people who have just tuned out, you get it right, you win money, we'll figure all the rest out. (laughs) Thank you for breathing into the phone the entire time that I was going on that.
2: That was my I was trying to. I still got a little bit of stuffiness, so I'm trying to
0: You do sound a little bit stuffy. It. Okay. So what character do you think that you're most like?
2: Oh, I mean, it's it's easy. I'm the I'm uh the Hound
1: for sure.
0: <laughs> Why do you think that you are the Hound? Because that's that's not true in any way. You're Samwell Tarly and you know it.
2: I am Samuel Tarley by far, but if I could be any of the characters, I would be the Hound.
0: You would be the Hound.
2: Yeah, because he's he's a badass, but yet he kind of has a little bit of a heart. But he's just a badass, like him or Bronn. I like Bronn. Braun Ron is like the the badass, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, he really is. He's a little bit less badass in the books. And as I've mentioned before, if you've read the books like I have, you are contractually obligated to mention that at any chance that you get that you have read the books. He's a little I, bit less of a bad. I have bad. also read the books. So. Ooh. And you haven't mentioned it?
2: I haven't, no, because after the third book, it's it's like not even really caught up, I don't
0: think. Well, that's not true whatsoever. There's five books.
2: For, is it the fourth book? I don't know.
0: No, it's, it's, the new
2: book is the one that's not uh, what the series is based upon. Well,
0: the new book isn't out yet. The last book came out like in two thousand eleven, I think.
2: Is that the that's the the fire bre- dragons? or whatever. You
0: haven't read the books.
2: I, I I've read the first three for sure.
0: <laughs> I still have <laughs> your DVD. I still have your Game of Thrones DVD collection. By the way, god damn it! I figured as much um do you think you're I ever getting that what back
2: i have of that anymore
0: well you don't have very many because i have most of them <laughs> here's well, a question that,
2: that's, that's a good friend right there here's a
0: question do you think you are ever getting those back
2: no god no
0: yeah I, i'm pretty I, sure that if you don't live if you don't basically see someone every day or have access to their house if you loan them something you are never getting that back <laughs>
2: We have a really great story about something that pertains to what you just said. Okay. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, whose name is Nick as well, uh, had had uh, gone to Italy for like a two month school thing, and he let another one of my buddies stay at his apartment uh, and live in it, you know, and, and do whatever. So uh, I was over at the apartment one day visiting this friend. Uh, Nick's apartment, visiting a buddy of mine, and uh, we were going to go out to the clubs. And my my friend looked at my shoes and said, dude, like, you have a gigantic hole in the side of your shoe. You, uh, you know, you need to get a new pair of shoes. So I opened up Nick's closet, and I, I, I pulled a pair of shoes out. Well, you know, we went out, we had a good time. Months go by, probably four or five months. And uh, Nick's back, and we're all we're all going out. and then we're at a bar, and Nick looks down and he's like, "Man, those are some nice shoes. I have this. I have the same kind." And I'm like, "Well, actually, Nick, they are your shoes," <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I never did return them. So,
0: man, I that story. It had a good buildup, and then it just kind of ended.
2: <laughs> well, it's it, that's like everything in life, right? It it's, it seems good, it looks good, but. Nothing is quite what it seems.
0: Do you think most people are interested in your stories? Do you think people... Yes. Or do you think they kind of tune out?
2: I think people love love me on this
0: podcast. See, my problem is, is that I was really interested in that story, but then the way it ended, I'm not going to be interested in the next one. Like, you've kind of lost me for a while. Do you know that Forrest Whitaker and Lawrence Fishburne are actually the same person?
2: Not even close. God, you're getting worse every every tandem you do
0: <sighs> which name me okay name me a lawrence fishburne movie name me a forrest whitaker movie
2: let's see forrest whitaker rudy he plays the janitor and rudy okay lawrence fishburne the matrix
0: i'm just envisioning the same guy <laughs> i feel like when they went to cast those roles though with all the other ones that i've mentioned like oh we didn't get bill paxton see if we can get bill pullman like they just went right down the list. Like if you can't get this one, you just get the other guy and it's no big deal. Luke and Owen Wilson? They're brothers. Yeah, they're the same person.
2: <laughs> Your list should should not include any siblings cuz that's not fair.
0: Well, I just my next one is Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> I would like to see the person who can look at an episode of Full House and say, okay, that's Mary-Kate, that's Ashley. And that person should also probably be in jail.
2: There are people, I'm sure, that can pinpoint the, you know, I mean, there's a lot of creepers out there.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. They should probably be in jail. Are you ready to get into our top five?
2: Only if you have some kind of pre-made spot from Long John Silver's.
0: I do not. I do not. I thought about, like, doing that. For people who I mean, don't pay attention, fans but, now. But they're officially like, basically, they're our official, unofficial sponsor. Like they're sponsoring us. They just don't know it.
2: <laughs> but yes, I am ready to jump in to what should be a very
0: fantastic top five. The reason that we bring up Long John Silver's is because John and I have long talked about Long John Silver's. Everything I think ever since the first episode, and we've always talked about them. And just this last week, we got into a long Twitter conversation with Long John Silver. So shout out to Long John Silvers. Uh, if you ever want to sponsor us with Hush Puppies or anything else, just let us know. Um, I feel like my top five, my number one, is a solid number one, but is going to be enraging. What's your number? What's your, So our top five this time is top five sandwiches. What do you got as number five? Uh.
2: So I think my list is going to enrage you because I feel like, once again, I specialized most of my answers.
0: Are you going to go with like prosciutto, like a grilled cheese with prosciutto or some kind of stupid thing like that?
2: No, I mean, I, I kept it generic-ish. Okay. For, so, for instance, my number five is a fried bologna sandwich.
0: I don't even know what bologna tastes like. I don't, I don't honestly know if I've ever had it.
2: Well, that's your own fault. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. mean, I'm sure it's the Midwest. Maybe it's just a Michigan thing. I have no idea. Yeah. But fried bologna, a minute on, you know, a minute on each side. Oh, it's so
0: good. What a minute? What do you mean fried bologna and a minute on each side? That's not how you fry something. To fry something, you have to put it in a fryer. Are you talking about grilled? Whatever.
2: It's, it's, the, it's, 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 uh it's, it's
0: just a terminology. No, it's not a terminology. It's incorrect. Uh, so which one is, we it? Go, is it? Here we go, Well, yeah. it's wrong. Is it fried or is it grilled? Because you're saying your top five is fried bologna, and you don't even know what fried bologna there is. There is hot
2: olive oil in the pan that is sizzling. It is not grilled.
0: I don't think that's technically fried. I think it has to be in a fryer. What's your number five? I just want the answer to that question. Is it fried or is it grilled? Just to have you on it's, the record. It's, it's a fried bologna sandwich. Okay, my number five is a club specifically with bacon. I'm not, I'm not. if, if it's without bacon, I'm not putting it at number five.
2: Well, don't clubs have bacon on them anyways?
0: Unclear. I, think you I might really be, feel
2: like we couldn't have start, started those top five off any worse than we already have.
0: Well, I think they charge you extra for the bacon, right?
2: I I don't know. I don't remember the last time I had a club sandwich.
0: Which way do you like your club sandwich cut? You like it cut in half or you like it cut in those weirdo triangles? Oh, it has to be triangles. Yeah, it has to be triangles. I agree. I agree. Uh, what's your number four? Uh, peanut butter and jelly. That's way too out of the way. I don't know. It's going to depend on the rest of your list because I like the fact that you have it on there. I like the fact that you have it on there. But if I can add, if I can add
2: a little, like, you know, insert to that uh, with banana in the middle.
0: That's stupid. Um, that's a zoo sandwich, <laughs> I believe, technically. Um, can I tell you something about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that might change your life?
2: I think I already know what you're going to say, and uh and, but I will I will reserve comments till after you say it
0: what do you think I'm going to say now I'm curious
2: that you have to, that you mix the yes. peanut butter and jelly before yep.
0: mix the peanut butter and jelly before and I swear to you it tastes so much different I
2: can tell you that somebody in my life saw a picture of your son doing that and said oh my god Nick's teaching his son. The absolutely incorrect way to make a
0: PB&J. No, that's not incorrect. That is the correct way. Anybody who thinks that that is the incorrect way has never done it. Because if you mix the peanut butter and jelly together first, change your life. It'll change your life. If you grill it, oh. Ooh. All right, put it in your pants there, Sanderson. Come on. My number four is a patty melt. All right, I mean. I guarantee you don't even know what a patty melt is. Of course i know what a patty melt is. is have you ever been to big boy no i have not of course you haven't
2: the 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 creators of the of the patty melt you don't even know where the fuck it came from
0: tell me the difference then between a patty melt and a cheeseburger
2: uh isn't it just the bread
0: yeah it's basically one is a sandwich and one is just a bun it's exactly the same fucking thing got you asshole what's your number three
2: uh corned beef
0: wow Oh, oh man,
2: there's nothing better than a hunk of corned beef with some uh, either coleslaw or sauerkraut with some pickles.
0: That's a Reuben. Oh, that's, that's a Reuben, by the way. It's not a corned beef sandwich. That's a Reuben. I mean, it, give or take, whatever. No, it's the wrong thing again. Here we go, but here we go again. Like you, you challenged me on the patty
2: melt. Now I was correct.
0: Yeah, you were. So you're one for but, three. But, but yeah,
2: but yeah, you're correct on, on your stupid way of making a peanut butter and jelly in which nobody does that.
0: Nobody does it because they don't know about it. I'm trying to educate this people. That's what this podcast is about. My number three is a which, Cuban.
2: Well, you know, your wife is Puerto
0: Rican. So yeah. That makes sense. I mean, Cuba, Puerto Rico, two different places. But I mean, if you want to throw that generic thing out there, I guess that's okay. <laughs>
2: I mean, my... Yeah. Might as well, right?
0: It might as well. Might as well I mean
2: what? Might as well difference th- anymore?
0: throw a little light cultural insensitivity into that one. <laughs> <laughs> but a Cuban, oh, I feel like a Cuban you've gotta you gotta have a decent you gotta hit the right amount of mustard. Fuck, I'm getting hungry, man. <laughs> uh, Are you gonna get you one strawberry? No,
2: I actually have some lunch meat in the fridge I'm about to go tackle.
0: <laughs> Will you make it into a sandwich? Or you're just gonna eat it straight.
2: I'll just eat it straight at this point.
0: What kind of lunch meat you got?
2: Uh, shaved chicken breast and uh, salami.
0: Wow, that is a that's an interesting combination.
2: <laughs> it, it very well is.
0: Um, when, when you take the salami, do you um do you try to take a little bit of it in your mouth and then bite it off, or do you try to take the whole thing in your mouth?
2: I I just go for it all. I stick it all in there. Not even a bite. I like to just, you know, slide it in.
0: Have you gotten better at it with practice?
2: Yeah, lots of practice, actually. I've, I've had lots of salami in my life, so.
0: We know what we like. We know what we like. What's your number two? Uh, BLT. I don't think that cuts it, man. Because it's really just bacon, lettuce, and tomato. You're just eating bacon. I don't see why that like why wouldn't you just add something else onto that and it's essentially a club sandwich like a club is just superior to BLT.
2: So here's the key to a good BLT is it's the like the mayonnaise that's on the bread.
0: Okay, I would like, agree with did, that in the sense that it's the, like some
2: cracked pepper mayonnaise or maybe put like some jalapenos on there as well.
0: Like, ooh, that's disgusting.
2: It's delicious.
0: I would agree with you on the Cuban. Like, if you can get the right amount of mustard on there, it can be really good. But it's hard to do it. It, it is. I mean, it, it takes. It's like salami, right? It takes. It takes a certain kind of practice and skill level. My number two is meatball. It's pretty generic. What do you mean? It's pretty generic.
2: A meat. A meatball sandwich. I mean, you're you're making fun of my BLT. I mean, all the meatball sandwiches is just. A meatball,
0: yeah, but have you ever actually like made your own meatball sandwich? I don't know anybody who's ever made their own meatball sandwich, like, it's only something you can only buy at places. I mean, I
2: cannot no. I mean, I, I've never made a meatball sandwich before.
0: Have you ever even made meatballs?
2: I have actually, yes.
0: How'd that work out?
2: I mean, everyone that had them said they were fantastic.
0: So. How, how big were they? Were they, were, did you go one, do you go big meatballs or you go in little meatballs? <laughs>
2: It was, it, was, it was a mixture of big and small, I think.
0: What, which one did you like better, the big meatballs or the little meatballs?
2: What, what, which meatballs do you like better?
0: I think if you can get – like I'm a fan. If we're going spaghetti, I don't really like it. I don't really like having big Italian meatballs, right? Like I don't like big Italian meatballs. I'm going to want little or Italian meatballs if I'm eating spaghetti. If I'm eating you know, a sandwich – like if I'm gonna take, say a foot long, then I'm gonna want bigger meatballs around that foot long.
2: So Nick when when you, when you go after the, the bigger sandwiches with the bigger meatballs,
0: do you try to fit it all in your mouth or do you bite the meatball in half? No, no. I mean I can't take a foot long in my mouth. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm, especially if they got big meatballs. Uh, if, if they got big meatballs, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably take maybe a good two inches.
2: I mean, that, that's respectable. That, that'll get it going, I think. So my number one, which should be a unanimous number one. Ooh, bold. Is the grilled cheese.
0: Oh, man. I don't even have it on my list. Oh, my. Of course you don't. No. No. I thought about it, though. I thought about it a lot. Like, should I put the grilled cheese on there? And ultimately, I just couldn't do it.
2: I mean, there's so many variations. It's so easy to make. I mean... What kind it really of, is, and it's bread and cheese for the, like the basic version. It's the perfect
0: sandwich. What kind of cheese are you going with?
2: Uh, I usually do uh, American and pepper jack.
0: Oh, you're gonna mix them? All right. Well, how yeah, many? Hi, here's my big question to you. Then I think that's a terrible idea to mix them. I think that's too much. I don't think I don't like that particular flavor combination together. How many pieces? What is the correct number of pieces of cheese? To put on a grilled cheese sandwich.
2: So I usually do one on each face of bread, and then I do like a half. Like I take another slice, I cut it in half, and I put each half on the face of bread. So like one and a half slices per, per piece of bread.
0: Why wouldn't Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just put one on each side and then put one in the middle? Like that's a waste of time. Because,
2: I mean, it's just, it's just the way I do it. Well,
0: I don't why? What tell you. Why would you do it that way? Like that's. I like an, to
2: make a little cross that way. You know, that way it looks a little nicer. It's a little different.
0: But it melts all together. You don't even see it.
2: Once again, I, I I don't have an answer for it. It's just the way that I do it.
0: But why do you do it that way? There has to be some kind of a reason. Like at some point, you thought this is going to make a difference. I,
2: I I don't have I don't have a good answer for you. It's just the way that I do it. That's just dumb. What's your number one? And if you if you say. What I think you're gonna say, I'm hanging up the phone
0: and I'll talk to you tomorrow. No, you know what I'm gonna say. I don't think that I don't think that you can go wrong with that as a number one for the same reason that you have grilled cheese. It's just such a great utility. That's gonna knock it out of the park any time. You can ask somebody, do you want a grilled cheese? Do you want my number one, which is peanut butter and jelly? And somebody's gonna look you in the eyes and say no.
2: Alright, good. I, I had a, a strange feeling you were going to say some BS, like an ice cream sandwich.
0: Oh, that would have been good, though. It should have been number one.
2: Or, or, or something, and then I was going to hang up the phone.
0: How do you feel about single meat sandwiches? Like, if we're talking about just a ham sandwich, just a turkey sandwich, just a chicken sandwich.
2: See, to me, it's not necessarily about just one meat. It's how much meat is there.
0: Yeah, I agree. You've got to really load up. I think if you're going to have a good sandwich, you've got to have a big sandwich. What? Okay. If you're going to go like in terms of inches, how many inches? How much, (laughs) how much girth are you wanting on, on your sandwich? I mean, if, if uh, at least, you know, at
2: least four inches.
0: You're going to go a four inch sandwich? Like, think about how big. Actually, wait a minute. No, that's a decent sized sandwich. Yeah. All right,
2: maybe maybe two inches, maybe?
0: I would say between two and a three inches girth is what you want on your sandwich. <laughs>
2: any any bigger of a girth and it starts to hurt your mouth.
0: Yeah, you don't want to do that. It's too much. You can bite off more than you can chew on that one. Um, <laughs> what do you think is the worst sandwich?
2: Oh, man. That's – uh. I don't know if this counts, but anything that has soggy bread –
0: Yeah, I was going to go any kind of, like, tuna melt or egg salad or potato. Like, get the fuck out of here with all of that. All of that. All of that stuff. My parents like that stuff. Any of that, like tuna, potato salad, egg salad. It just looks like a baby barfed that stuff up and now you're going to eat it. (laughs) I
2: think one of the grossest things I've ever seen is... Like sandwiches, like those sandwiches and a vending machine.
0: Oh, who did that? You you
2: see, you see someone get it, and like the bottom piece of bread is just, I mean, it's like part of the sandwich. Like it's it's like mush.
0: That is a bold move to get egg salad sandwich out of a vending machine. Like you're just fucking asking for it. Who's I want to meet the person if anybody in our audience has ever just looked at a vending machine egg salad sandwich and thought, you know what? That's what I want to spend my three fifty on.
2: <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of, real fast, I had my first Diet Dr. Pepper this week. Yeah? I sent you that picture. It I was, did? Uh, it, it, it was a pleasant surprise. It was not as terrible as I thought.
0: No, it's really good. It's. I would make an argument that if you're thirsty too— it's also the only pop that can be thirst quenching. Like you could be really thirsty and have another Diet Dr Pepper and not die.
2: <laughs> I you know. I'll give you props for that. And that that was one of the few good suggestions that
0: you have. Okay. So because this this top 5 was suggested by Long John Silver's, our new sponsor, even though they don't know that they're sponsoring us or affiliated with us in really any way other than we keep bringing them up. Where are you going to put fish sandwich at?
2: Uh I mean it's not my top ten, but I guess I, I I guess top twenty.
0: Yeah, you gotta be in a mood for a fish sandwich. I feel like you have to be. I could go as high as seven. Okay. That's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. If you get a chance again, like download subscribe share we really appreciate it it really helps us out i want to i want to touch again really quickly on this contest that we have coming up so the prize is basically going to be between 100 and 500 and all you have to do is just tell us what you think is going to happen in game of thrones i'm a pretty big theory guy so i really i'm really can't wait to see what is actually going to happen all you have to do to, to enter the contest is follow us. Well, you don't even have to do that. The only thing you actually have to do to enter the contest is go to the website and fill out the form. If you want to win bonus points, though, subscribe to us wherever you're listening to podcasts. You may have already done that, I just realized. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and you get bonus points for that. Coming up on the next couple of episodes... I'm, I I, don't know. we are just gonna got a lot of interesting things that are out there. We're just going to see what happens.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.